I'm Sarah Heiner, president of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert-sourced, expert-vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. And I'm thrilled to be talking today to Dr. Mark Goulston, a psychiatrist, FBI and police hostage negotiation trainer, and author of numerous books, including Just Listen, Talking to Crazy, How to Deal with the Irrational and Impossible People in Your Life, and Get Out of Your Own Way, Overcoming Self-Defeating Behavior. He's also Bottom Line Personal's go-to guy regarding difficult relationships of all kinds and is the host of the new podcast, My Wake Up Call. You can learn more about Dr. Goulston and his work at markgoulston.com, where you can also view the free webinar on how to overcome your internal roadblocks to success and happiness. So welcome, Mark. I'm so glad to be talking to you. Well, I'm always glad to talk to you and uh, see what kind of trouble we can get into. Okay, so we're going to get in trouble now because we, we were going to do one topic of a podcast, but we just switched it. So this is called Winging the Topic, but that's Winging not the, the topic. topic. So um, we were talking about trust and betrayal, and it seems that, I call it, I don't like talking about you know gross exaggerations, but truly everyone has had some kind of a trust or betrayal issue in their life. They've been betrayed, they thought they could trust, and or they have been the betrayer. So the question is, can someone re-earn trust? And how can someone re-earn trust? So let's, okay, you guys, give me the overview, and then we'll, can we talk about both sides of it as the liar, as the betrayer, and the betrayed? Absolutely, you know, and I think it's really timely because as I look out in the business world, Trust isn't important anymore. I mean, it should be, but really what drives business deals is whether you have confidence in whether the other person can do what they say they can do, and then if they don't, you sue them. Because, I mean, that's how we've sunk in. It's not really about how much we trust each other because nobody trusts each other. I'd argue the other way. I'd say that integrity doesn't matter anymore. The people don't have integrity and don't keep to their word. That's right. So that I think trust is still important, but people don't feel like you want to be able to trust, but people somehow don't feel the need to deliver on their promises. Yeah, absolutely. People, uh, people don't follow through. I have a saying, follow through means never having to say you're sorry, which segues into what's a full apology? So if you have betrayed someone, lied to them, but you have to be ready to actually turn a corner and, uh, and heal it. So but you the, have to know that you did something wrong first. You have I mean, to know that you did something wrong, and you have to own it and you, uh, without excuses. So how do they know it? Because a lot of people don't even know it, right? They're, they're chronic liars or they're chronic well, this promise is not, breakers. Okay, so this isn't for the chronic liars. This is for the person who would like to earn back trust because none of us are perfect, and, and we're all capable certainly of disappointing other people. But this is if you've gone a step further and you lied, you cheated, but you really want to fix it. I mean, let's let's put our cynicism aside and say that there are some people who actually want to fix it and they want to earn back the trust because if you're around someone who's always walking on eggshells who won't lower their guard with you, it would be nice to have a handy formula. And I think this one works because it's stood the test of time now for probably 25 years, and I'd welcome you poking where it doesn't fit. So when you've uh, lied to someone or deceived someone, what you trigger in them is what I call the four H's. They feel hurt. They actually hate you 
for taking away the ability to trust you. That may seem strong to people, but I needed the, to use the second H. Hurt, they hate you for doing it to them. They're hesitant to trust you again and have you do it again. And they're holding on to a grudge. Hurt, hate, uh, hesitate, hesitant to trust, holding on to a grudge. So what those four H's need are the four R's. So what hurt needs is remorse, not to be confused with regret. Regret is really empty, it's hollow, it insults the other person. Regret is like, okay, I, I know I did it, look, I'm not gonna do it again, can we just move on, can you just let it go? Uh, that, uh, that's insulting to the other person because you're getting angry at them for something you did. Remorse means uh, it hurts you that you broke something in them, that you took away something, maybe even an innocence they felt that they could just trust you about anything and you've taken that away. So what remorse looks like is looking them in the eye and saying, when I did what I did, I not only took away your trust, I broke something in you. And there's a possibility that it'll never be totally repaired and I was wrong. And I did that. One of the reasons, not to get too political, one of the reasons Bill Clinton's apology regarding Monica Lewinsky was so hollow is he seemed to express regret but not remorse. Well, and, and also what you just did, you expressed remorse but didn't make any excuses. That's right. You simply expressed the remorse. That's right. Yeah. But they need to see that the pain you cause causes you pain because if it doesn't cause you pain internally they're going to say uh, he or she didn't get it they're going to do it again uh, what the hate needs is they need restitution they need a payback and and that payback's got to hurt you sometimes it's a big check in this day and age you write them a big check that hurts uh, but in other cases what you do is you let them vent as much as they need to uh, until they get it out of their system. Uh, I'm not I don't think they should be allowed to uh, go into physical abuse, but they, if they need to vent, this is what you did, you scumbag, you did such and such, you know, and you held yourself up and so high and my, and you know, and, you, and what happened is you, uh, you made me crazy because every time I suspected something, you said I, I was crazy. Uh, and it turned out it was all true. You gaslighted me. Uh, and so they need to vent that, and you need to hear it for a long time. Do you invite that? So, I, so you've expressed, I'm, you know, I, I'm really sorry. I realized how deeply I hurt you. I made this horrible mistake. And then do you just lay it there and let them respond, or do you invite them to respond? How do you, how do you get them to? Well, you, you invite them to respond, but... Um, but you want to invite them to actually get it off their chest. You could say, I, uh, I can't, I hope you'll see my remorse as sincere, uh, but you deserve more than that. So um, have at me what this did to you. And you have to invite it. Right, okay. to punch itself up. Yeah. So then the third uh, H is they're hesitant to trust you. Okay, well, you've done that, but uh, I still don't trust you. You know, a lion doesn't, uh, a tiger doesn't change its stripes. Right. 
So the third R is rehabilitation, meaning you've learned a new way to deal with things that, uh, that in the past caused you to do the things that betrayed them. And so rehabilitation, though, isn't just doing enough to get them off your back. You have to reach a point where you have learned a new way to deal with things that formerly caused you to act out in a destructive, deceitful way. So that's going to happen over time. That's going to happen over time. Right. So, so when they see that you actually enjoy the new you because you're not ashamed of the new you, uh, you just didn't know how to, the old you just didn't know how to do it. And when they see you practicing it, when they see there's something that in the past they're getting flashbacks, okay, he or she's going to do that thing again. And then when they see you uh, doing something different, to get through it, uh, but they have to see this over time. So give me an example though. So I don't know if you want to talk about a, you know, cheating spouses. Okay, so spouse cheats on another spouse. They get whatever it is, they apologize, they, regret, they express their remorse. Spouse, you know, the other one, I'm going whatever, this, the one that was hurt, so here's the rehabilitation. Right, so what's the rehabilitation so besides the rehab being home at every no, night? Here's the rehabilitation. Right. Uh, uh, it's what I call assertive humility. You say, I need your help with something. This is the one who previously cheated. Mm -hmm. And she, she or he's going to say what? Um, I guess I'm feeling not appreciated. I guess I'm feeling you know, rejected. I guess I'm feeling more alone and lonely like I used to feel. And I don't know that you did it intentionally. I think it slipped away from us. And I need your help because, I, because if I feel it for too long, I get scared and there's a point of me that says, what the heck, and all I have to see is you do one little thing and then I can justify doing that stupid stuff I used to do and I don't want to do that again. And, and I'm scared because I, I like regaining your trust, but uh, but I felt uh, you know we're just we're just we're just at each other. We've slipped back to not liking each other. But isn't that in some way blaming the person that you betrayed? I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling vulnerable again, which means they're doing something. Versus, do you need to take proactive steps like make an effort in the relationship, like? Try, go back to dating. You know, if you've been married for a long time and you yeah, fall, you yeah, slip okay, into some so, malaise. Okay. So, you know, if I may challenge the doctor, you can challenge. But you know, you know, bottom line occasionally needs some heart and soul, not just solutions. You know what I mean? I'm being heartful, right? So, so you know, don't go. No, but no, no, but but it's a good point. You're right. See, it depends how you say it. Because if you say I need your help because I'm scared, and I'm scared because I'm feeling lonely and empty and whatever and I'm talking about it because I don't want to act on it, and I'm not saying it's, it's you, I'm saying it's us. And what I'm saying is, you know, life got in the way again, and we got busy doing all kinds what? of things, and so I'm not saying you're doing this to me, fix it. So it has to be really careful well, how careful you say that, is, yeah. because it can't accidentally that's right. blame the other yeah, person. But that, and that's if a very you good paid point. more attention to me, then I wouldn't no, have no, gone no, no, I wasn't lonely. saying that. Right. I, so, and I don't think I said that at the beginning. You didn't say it that way, but the paranoid, that's right. betrayed person will 
will you know we all have our filters yeah. that we listen through. No, but, but and that's right. and so I appreciate the uh, the refinement of it. The heartfelt refinement, the heartfelt, if yes, I might the, the bottom line heartfelt part of you. <laughs> um, it's by your right ventricle, uh, <laughs> descending artery. Uh, anyway, thank you, but, doctor. Uh, there you go. But, uh, but but I guess what I leaned into is uh, the I need your help. I'm afraid because I'm feeling impulses again, yes. and they got me into trouble before. Right. And it's not your fault, but it's our responsibility. Uh, and what can we do about it? And I'm talking to you rather than looking for some reason to drive me to do something stupid. Right. And go out of my way uh, when you said the wrong word, and I say, oh, uh, uh, if he or she's gonna do that, I can do whatever I want, so I'm scared. Right. But, but I, I like your refinement. So, uh, so that's the rehabilitation, okay. as opposed to never saying that. And then the fourth, R is, the fourth H is holding on to a grudge. And this is the neat part of it. Uh, after you've done this for a minimum of six months, so you've internalized the first three into your personality, so it's like a natural part of you. It's not just a habit, it's a part of you. You can't change the past, and so the fourth R is you request, request forgiveness. And so what you s say to the other person is, uh, I can't change the past, and I'm gonna continue as I have been, not because I owe it to you, but because I like being a better version of myself. Uh, but I would like you, uh, I know you can't forget what I did, but I'd like you to forgive. Uh, and you don't have to, but I'd like you to forgive. And so, but you have to have a track record of at least three months of the remorse, restitution, rehabilitation. And if they say, mm, well, it's interesting. not yet, right? Well, it's interesting uh, because I've seen couples, because right. uh, years ago I did the divorce, getting divorced couples back together again, so right. that's where I developed this. And, and what I say is if you really have done this for six months, and it's not just an act, uh, it switches from you being unforgivable to their being unforgiving. Right. And what I've often said when we ran into that is... And again, I'm a hard judge. I mean, you know, I don't take someone hurting another person lightly. But when I thought, I, I think they've done it, and the other person says, well, I don't know that, that I can do this. I might need a little more time. Well, that's fine. But if someone says, I don't think I can ever forgive them, what I usually say is, who'd you learn that from? Mm -hmm. And there's always, what do you mean? Well, was mom or dad unforgiving towards each other? Towards you? Did they get divorced? Were you, have you ever been the recipient of someone who was unforgiving? What did that feel like? And invariably, they recall something. So knowing the way it felt to be the recipient of someone who was unforgiving forever, would you ever want to make someone else feel that way? Because you're doing it. So that's the steps, because I was going to ask you, what happens if you've been the one that's been betrayed? You know, how, well, well, how, do you so, well, here, build, how can you build that trust again? You're always going to think the minute they're late, the minute you can't reach them on their cell phone, that well, you've got to find again, So right? you've got to find a way to let it go, but right. the leverage is uh, you don't have to let it go, but do you, 
are you reminded by someone you had a deal with right. who never let it go in which you were the recipient of it? Do you have a sibling who just never let it go? Do you have someone? And, uh, and the point is, uh, has this person has this person done what they need to do? They're not asking you to forget about it. And then you have to work on yourself. But given that you wanted the skill in two directions, by the way, if you're the one who's been betrayed uh, and it seems like the other person you know, says they want to heal the hurt, so you can use this as the person betrayed and say, you know, uh, you say you're sorry. I I'll tell you what I need from you. And you can give them the formula. Before I'm ready to let get past this, because right. I am, uh, I'll tell you what I feel. I, I felt hurt when you did it, and quickly that went into anger and hatred. How could you? And uh, I, I don't believe a word you say. And you're damn right. I hold on to a grudge. You know, a grudge is a way of keeping my guard up. Uh, but one of the ways you can earn it back from me, and this formula has been around a long, long time. Uh, one of the ways to earn it back is uh, these four airtight steps. Right. And none of them are easy. And the first one's the toughest. Because I need to see remorse. Because if you can't look in my eyes and see what you did to me, that you broke something that previously wasn't broken. And sure, I might have been vulnerable because of my background, but you broke it. If, if you don't see what that did to me, I, I don't know that I can ever move forward because I won't believe you. Right. So what happens when they're not even aware that they hurt you? So some people, obviously you get caught cheating. Okay, I know that I hurt you. But there are some people who, I don't know what, they're, they're minor liars or your kids who are a liar or something. How do you help somebody see that that doesn't see it. How do you how do you tell them that they betrayed your trust? Well, there's something that I talk about in Just Listen. <clears throat> and it's also in Talking to Crazy. It's called the Wince Confrontation, which means when you're going to confront someone about something that's a character defect or a behavior, you can't come at them from anger. You have to show that it hurts you to have to say this thing that's going to just lay them out. And so, uh, and, and one of the ways I like to preface that is you say to someone, uh, so I'll imagine, uh, let, so I'll, let's say I, I imagine I'm your husband and you want to help me be aware of it. So now, now this may not get through to certain husbands, but it would get through to me. If you were to say to me, um, I need your help with something in, the, in this tone, not, not in a demand. I need your help with something. Mm -hmm. What's that? Um, I need to respect you. Because you have no idea how much it hurts for you to fall into someone I don't respect. Your trust and confidence is important. But if I can't respect you, then I can't respect me for staying with you. And I need your help because it really hurts to have someone that I once looked up to look like, you know, all the pigeons in the park just crapped all over it. And you need to be that person, you know, that I can look up to. I just can't anymore. So I, I think if you could share that with me and show the pain, now, you know, there may be some, you know, 
men listening to this saying, oh, he's a wuss. Well, then this isn't for you. But if you could say that to me, and, you, and I, it's what I call the wince confrontation, right. you, you'd be, I'd see the pain that you want to respect me and now you can't. Um, and, and then you, and if you said, uh, uh, and I'd like you to earn back my respect, and it's really out of my control, you need to do some things. And if they say, oh, come on, you're overreacting. All I did was crash the car. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know drink um, and drive. Well, occasionally there's some validity. If right. you're an overreactor, right. uh, and something you need to ask yourself, am I someone who overreacts to everything? Because if I overreact to everything, you know, then I got to look to it. But uh, but if I don't, if I say, you know, I beg to differ with you, I don't overreact to a, to most things. You can ask the kids. You can ask whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's so personally directed at you, it's because it's personal. It's directed at you. And do you also say, and because you're so important to me, that I want to share this and I want to make us. Well, if you, know, you said this, and, and, and you could say. And because, um, I don't know if we'll make it, but where I'm coming from, I'm still speaking as you. Right. Where I'm coming from is, I want to know that we've given this our best effort before we walk away. I don't want to do a half effort, walk away, and then we say, oh, you know, maybe I was uneasy. So I'm trying to give this the best effort before we both realize it's a, it's a non-starter or non-restarter. And I'm doing the best I can to tell you what a best effort looks like. Yeah. Okay. So the interesting piece that I see in these steps, and we talked about it in in one of our other podcasts that we did, the importance of patience and taking your time. That it can't, the minute they walk in the door, you're not jumping on them to, to express your concern. That... Um, or the minute you walk in the door, you can't walk in with the tail between the legs and go, oh, God, I blew it again. That finding, giving a little bit of space before you have the conversation, giving space before you apologize, being giving space before you put in the request. Mm-hmm. But the power of the pause and not reacting in the, in the emotion of the moment, it seems to be a really critical part of the success of this. Oh, absolutely, because the, um, the more you pause the less reactive the situation um, there was a book I was going to write which I'll never write but if you're listening you could write it and you could sell it and it was going to be called 101 opportunities for poise and poise begins with a pause and most relationships have lost their poise <laughs> and turned to poison yeah but you can recapture it uh, and and I think you know the way you recapture it is um, you focus on doing what's right that could repair the thing as opposed to being right. And or and protecting right. yourself, right? Right. right. Yeah. So it, yeah, absolutely, it takes some thought, takes some personal growth, takes some poise, but I think it's worth it. Uh, here's a formula. I think it's 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 tangentially related, but it's not worth a whole podcast. Because um, uh, I was thinking about poise, and 
there's a formula that I have in one of my books, and it's aggression plus principle equals conviction. Aggression minus principle equals hostility. So it's good to be aggressive as long as it's tied to a principle and you're standing up for the principle. If you're not standing up for anything other than a personal slight and there's nothing there, you'll be hostile. And the best example I have, which still raises the hair on the back of my neck, especially since we're looking for leadership in the world and see what it does to you. In 1995, I was speaking at an international convention in Dallas and Colin Powell, General Colin Powell, was one of the keynotes. And he was being considered as a presidential candidate. And this was a real estate convention, and people are, you know, and people are saying, you know, it's more motivational rah-rah than inspirational because, you know, these are, these are dealers. And I remember he gave this amazing keynote about being grateful to your community and giving back and the importance of that. And it, it was so, it was so inspiring. And then it got to questions. So imagine this, 11.30 in the day, and one of the questions was, General Powell, I understand that your wife was depressed, had shock treatment, she was in a psychiatric hospital. you want to comment on that? Wow. Yeah, wow. So yeah. that was my exact thing. So 10,000 people in the Dallas Auditorium, and I'm thinking, what's he going to say? Is he going to ignore it? Is he going to say something politically correct? Like, well, there should be parity for mental health and physical health. Is he going to cry like uh, uh, Muskie, Edmund Muskie yeah. cried when someone insulted his wife? I thought, no, he's a general. So here's aggression plus principle. He said, excuse me, sir, the person you love more than anyone in this world is living in hell and you don't do everything in your power to get them out. Do you have a problem with that, sir? Wow, that's perfect. Do you see the aggression plus principle? Yeah, you can talk about right. me, but don't you take on my wife. Right. I'll tell well, you that. And without the emotional tirade, <sighs> right? When you stay to principle and you can say, if you can stay calm and direct in that, you can hear anything. That's right. Right? Oh, and, I, but, and I thought, I'd buy a used country from this guy. In fact, I think I'd, today I'd buy an abused country from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hear they're going for a bargain. That's right. right. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, Dr. Mark Goulston, thank you. So remorse, restitution, rehabilitation, and what's the last R? Request forgiveness. Request forgiveness. If you have made a mistake and you need to win back trust, the Dr. Mark Goulston formula. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm talking to Dr. Mark Goulston, known as the people hacker, for his ability to understand the minds of all sorts of difficult or even dangerous people. Success in life depends on having good relationships, and Dr. Goulston has provided his expert advice to bottom line readers on creating good relationships with even the most difficult people in their lives. He's just one of the thousands of experts featured in our newsletter, Bottom Line Personal, who provide their expert advice to guide readers into action in their own lives. In addition to Mark's wisdom regarding often challenging human behavior, Bottom Line Personal is filled with actionable advice on all aspects of your life, including living a healthy life, traveling safer and cheaper, finding the best insurance, retirement planning, smart tax strategies, and even travel to little known destinations. Bottom Line Personal has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for over 40 years, 
with our actionable and double fact-checked advice. Subscribe today and get a free bonus book, Bottom Line's Best Bets, full of some of the greatest tips from our experts of all time. Just go to bottomlineinc.com forward slash BLP. That's bottomlineinc.com forward slash BLP.